0: Welcome to The Little Sleep Show, a podcast about helping your children and family get the sleep you need, hosted by Laura Meyercourt. Hello, and welcome back to The Little Sleep Show. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm an infant and child sleep consultant. This week, I'm going to be talking all about surviving the quarantine as a parent and how All of this is affecting our kids' sleep and our kids' behavior. Before that, I just want to say I missed all of you last week. I took a week off for spring break, but honestly, it was really a mental break that I needed. I was not feeling very creative in uh, any of my areas of business, and um, I didn't want to put out something that was not good for you guys just to put an episode out. So, I'm back this week, and I thought that it would be really helpful for me to pull together kind of all of my best information on parenting through stressful times and how stress affects our children's sleep, and just give you the best of what I have to help you through this time. Now it's been about a month, I think, or maybe more. I don't even, I've lost track. I barely know what day it is now of no school, of quarantine. This is our new normal now. You know, the first couple weeks were very jarring. We have, we know what to expect. We have better expectations of our kids, of ourselves. But there was just the announcement this week that there will be no more school for the rest of this school year, which kind of knew was coming, but didn't want to admit to myself. You know, I feel bad for my kids. They're missing out on some big stuff right now. I have to remember that school is my kids' main area where they socialize, where they get physical activity, where they play, move their bodies. And so they're really missing that right now. And they're missing the, you know, for instance, my son, he's in sixth grade, and this is the first year that you know, he's starting to notice girls and cliques are starting to form and things like that. And he really kind of found his groove with friends. And now they're all just kind of scattered and, you know, they keep in touch here and there. But how how much can sixth grade kids really keep in touch with each other? I think it's been a big letdown for him not to have that peer interaction because Peers become much more important in adolescence to children than parents. You know, our importance starts to go down, 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 and keeps going down until probably they're in their 30s. And peers start to rise in their influence and importance in kids. So, especially if you have older kids, they're probably really having some grief right now over missing that social interaction. So, I want to first start talking about. So I did an Instagram post a few days ago, and I got a really good response. And so I thought, why don't I expand on that for an episode? So some reasons why your child's sleep might be worse right now during quarantine. Stress in the home is a big one. You know, there's the stress of financial difficulties, career, employment difficulties, Stress of parents now working from home that usually went to an office to work. And depending on your job, you might still need to really work for eight hours a day. There's also just the stress of the huge change, the stress of change in routine, the stress of your kids not fully understanding why all this is happening. A big part of that is probably being off of schedules and routines, which is my second reason why sleep might be worse right now. Kids really cling to their schedules and routines. This is the way that they feel like they have some control. So to take away their regularity in schedule and in routine during the day is taking away a child's sense of control. It is one of the main ways that children feel safe and in control to have a set routine routine. Or a schedule. And it doesn't have to be a rigid schedule. It just has to be predictable. They know that when I wake up, I'm going to have breakfast. Then I'll have some free play time. Then we'll go out for a walk, etc. And this helps children not only mentally and emotionally, but it also helps their bodies get into a regular routine with eating and sleep. So their digestive system knows when it's time to eat. Their brain and bodies know when it's time to wind down for sleep. Those cues that they get from... Us, of after lunch, they know that I'm going to clean up the dishes, they're going to get 10 minutes to play, and then we're going to go upstairs for a nap. Those kind of cues actually are physiological in children's bodies and help them wind down for sleep. If you haven't gotten into any kind of routine by now, there might be this might be an area to look at. If you can just maybe form a very simple schedule during the day that kids will know a predictable order of things so that they know what's coming next. That will really help. And if you've already had a routine in place, try to keep it as much as you can. This is really going to help your kids feel safe and secure. Another big one, as I touched upon in the opening, is anxiety and grief over missing family, friends, teachers, babysitters, nannies. You know, these people all play really important roles in our children's lives. And just because... They don't have phones and aren't in constant contact with these people. It doesn't mean that they don't mean so much. You know, for example, I was a nanny for many years and I still have a really strong attachment to the kids that I took care of. I mean, they were like an extended family to me and I see them today and we still have a close bond. So I know what that bond can be like with a child, even if they don't see someone every day. They can form a bond with someone. So if, for instance, your parents were taking care of your child and now your parents have to be quarantined, trying to keep your child in touch with those important people in their lives. And I'll go over more of this in the solutions part of this, of this podcast. I'm going to give you some solutions to these issues that might be causing sleep disruptions. Lack of physical exercise is a very big cause of why sleep might be worse. Because children need physical exercise to get their energy out. They need it to regulate their the hormones in their bodies. If they have excess of cortisol, which is the stress hormone, they need to get that out with physical exercise. So physical exercise, moving their bodies is not only important to tire them out, but it's a huge source of stress relief. And you know, if you exercise regularly, exercise is a big form of stress relief for me. I know, um, so I had hurt my back last year in October and I couldn't exercise for almost three months. And my anxiety reared up so bad and I didn't connect the two until I got back into working out and I saw how much better my anxiety and my sleep were. If it is for us, imagine for kids who have even less coping skills than we do imagine how important that is for them to move their bodies. And I'm going to give you some really great resources with lots of ideas to help your kids move their bodies, whether or not it's nice weather, because at least here in Chicago, where I'm recording this, spring can mean many things. It can mean 70 degrees. It can mean 40 degrees. We just had snow for a couple of days this past week. So just because the weather's not predictable does not mean your kids can't get plenty of movement and exercise throughout the day. Hearing scary things from grown-ups or on TV. So kids are like little sponges. I've said this before in previous podcasts. I'm sure you've heard it said. They absorb everything. They absorb words. They absorb emotions. They absorb feelings. So hearing the grown-ups around them talk about things, even if you think that they're not listening to you, being very careful about what you're saying in front of your children, being very careful about leaving TV on that might be talking about people dying or people getting sick because kids hear those key words and know intuitively that those are grown-up words that mean something scary, but they don't really know what's behind it. Kids don't really know what dying means. They just know that it's something scary and bad and it makes people sad and upset. So try to be very careful about what you're saying around your kids, even phone calls that you're making. Be sure that it's out of earshot of your kids to the best of your ability. And then increased screen time is another big one. I'm gonna do an episode on screen time eventually. I don't wanna do it now during coronavirus because I don't wanna make parents feel any kind of shame or like they're doing something bad. Screen time is real controversial. It's right up there with sleep training and crying. so, and it is because it can have some real negative effects on our children. It can affect their, you know, the, the brain chemistry, the dopamine, which is when you feel good from something, if you're constantly getting it from a screen in a very easy way, it's going to take a lot more stimulation to make you feel good. So screen time can um, kind of inhibit your child's attention span it can inhibit their ability to find pleasure in simple things, to need more and more and more stimulation. It can also have negative effects on sleep. As I've discussed before, The not only the blue light, which can affect the brain's ability to shut down and relax for sleep, but also just the content of what your child is watching. Even if it's something seems something very innocuous, for a small child, if they see something... Before bed, even if it's like a Paw Patrol and there happens to be a kind of a bad guy on Paw Patrol, they can take that image and that can become a source of fear, nightmares for them if it's seen close to bedtime. So not, you know, I'm not saying to limit screen time in any way. I'm just saying to be very careful with when screen time is used and what is actually being watched or played with on the screens. And I'll get into that, the details of that, how to protect sleep when your child has increased screen time. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. My kids, we tried to limit their screen time at the beginning of all of this. You know, we don't limit our own screen time. Yesterday, my husband and I probably watched about seven hours of television <laughs> just because there's nothing at, at certain point of the day when, when you're in quarantine, there's nothing else to do. And you just want to be distracted and you just want to relax. And be absorbed into something else that's, you know, make-believe world. Now, we let our kids have increased screen time for sure. Yesterday, they also watched movies and shows for hours. They built a Ford out in in our garage and they watched movies. And we're okay with that right now. Because right now, this is the best we can do. It's a way to cope. So if you're a parent who was very limiting uh, with screen time before all this happened, I want you to just really take a step back and try to see this as an exception to the rule kind of time you know and when things go back to normal whatever that is and i'm doing air quotes here <laughs> um i don't know what that's going to look like but eventually life will get back to some semblance of normality and we will begin to limit our kids' screen time again. But right now, when there's nothing else to do and nowhere else to go, it's a, it's a way to keep them entertained. It's, a, it's an outlet for them. It's a way to distract them from boredom. And that's OK. And I'm OK with that. And every, every family has to make those decisions for themselves. But I want to take the shame out of it, because right now we're all just coping the best way we can. Those are just some of the reasons why sleep might be worse course, there might be many more, but I just wanted to start with these main ones that I kind of came up with. And so some solutions to these issues. We want to get kids moving as much as we can. So for example, our kids, my husband, thank God, he likes working our kids out. He loves coaching and directing. And so he takes our kids and does Different cross training and agility things with them for like two hours a day. Now, I know, and, and our kids are older, so they need a, a pretty good amount of physical activity um, and it's still. Don't get tired out by that. But I know it definitely helps their mental and emotional well-being. Now, I know everyone doesn't have that. You know, my husband and I, our work right now, both of us is pretty quiet. So we do have a lot of time. Now, if you're a family who doesn't have a lot of time to devote to supervising your kids' activities, there's still a lot of things you can do. I found this great website actually today. While I was researching this topic, I was trying to find some examples to give you. And I found this website, mommypoppins.com. And on there, they have a ton of resources for parenting during the quarantine. So just some really simple examples. And these are, you know, if you have younger kids, they may need help getting started with some of these. But if you have older kids, you can give them the task of, for example, obstacle course. You can have your kids make obstacle courses for each other. You can have them do um, wheelbarrow races, crab walk races, Trying to do headstands, just looking through the list here, trying to pick up a couple of good ones. Oh, balloons are great. If you can, if you have a pack of balloons at home or next time you're at the grocery store or the dollar store, run in and grab a pack of balloons. Balloons can keep kids entertained forever. They can play a game of volleyball, try to keep it off the ground, play catch. You can do scavenger hunts for kids. Either you hide things for them or you have them hide things for each other. You can pretend to have temper tantrums, which is I think is really funny but actually an awesome suggestion. Role playing with kids is a great way of helping them to understand their feelings and emotions and to explain things to them in a way maybe you couldn't do with words. So, you can each take turns having temper tantrums and your kids might love A chance to see you having a temper tantrum you know flailing around crying screaming it's a great way to get rid of excess stress in your body and to let your child express emotions just for the fun of it and just to see what it looks like when mom or dad has a temper tantrum you know i have an episode of this podcast called the power of play and i talk about how children express feelings emotions any kind of communication through play Any kind of pretend play or play where they can see you as a child is so great for them to get some perspective and learning on how to cope with emotions and just to be silly together. Hallway bowling, filling up water bottles and using a ball, pillow fight, sock skating. There's some really, and those are just a few. There's some awesome ideas here on this list. And then she has a whole lot of other resources as well on the website. So definitely check that out. I think another one that I saw was activities that you, your child can do while you're working from home. So some quiet activities. So definitely check out mommypoppins.com is a great resource and I'm so happy that I found this morning. So limiting screen time before bed. If you allow your child to have as much screen time as you allow, I would still say an hour before bed minimum is the time you should be limiting their screen. Mainly because of the biological reasons for it that it does interfere with melatonin production in the brain you' I'm like a broken record with this, but it's really crucial. It's a big problem today because screens are so prevalent with adults and children that our melatonin production is not the the level it should be at bedtime and we're having trouble falling asleep. we're having trouble calming and relaxing and winding down so, Minimum of an hour before bed, you should be limiting no screen time. Doing something like coloring puzzles. If you follow my directives to do um, fun, silly play before bed, which is an awesome way of getting rid of stress... Do your dance party then, do your duck, duck, goose, do your game of tag, do something where your children and you are moving your bodies together to get that excess stress and energy out before bed. As far as when your child is missing a family or a friend or a babysitter, with small children, you can help your child write a letter or draw pictures If your child is older, you can have them do it on their own and then you can send it to the person. Now, if you don't know their address, like a teacher, you can pretend to send it if it's a little child. Or if your child is older, you can have them hold on to it and to give it to the person once they see them again. The important thing is that your child knows that their feelings are valid and that they're able to express these feelings. So kids need to get their feelings out or they come out sideways. And that goes for adults as well. But if your child is missing someone or sad about something, it needs to be expressed. Oftentimes we need to show our children how to express these feelings because to them it's just uncomfortable and sad and they don't know how to communicate it. So drawing pictures, especially for younger children, is great. And they'll feel really good when they have something tangible to show and to send to the person that they're missing and loving. Another great way to help set your child's body clock and your own, this is good for grown-ups as well, is exposure to light and dark. This encourages healthy sleep schedules. So this helps to regulate the circadian rhythms in, in our bodies, which is what tells us to be awake and sleep. And it's done with light and dark. So exposure to bright light in the morning, first thing in the morning. So open your child's shades, open all the blinds, get as much light in the house as you can. If it's a dark overcast day, turn on lots of lights in the house. This is gonna help your clock be set, but it's really gonna help your, your child stay on a regular and healthy schedule. And then about an hour before bed or more, if you wanna start doing this after dinner, some families do it gradually, dimming, beginning to dim the um lights in the house to create a more relaxing, calming environment. And this will also start to signal to your child's brain that it's time to start winding down for the day. Trying to keep the same order of things each day to the best of your ability so your child knows what to expect will really help your child to feel more safe and secure. This was what I talked about at the beginning when, um, you know, especially if they were going to preschool before this, and they had a certain order of things. This can even be effective with kids who were having um, potty time in school. So it might be hard for younger kids who were having regular potty breaks in school to be aware of their own bodies. If your child is just learning how to potty train and their school was taking them on regular potty breaks, this is something we might want to pay attention to during the day of setting a timer so your child knows it's time for a potty break, just so they can start to learn how to be in tune with their body but also avoiding unnecessary accidents. But just keeping things in a very loose order every day, just so that they know how things go. They know that after lunch, they get a little bit of time to play, and then we go upstairs and it's nap time. Then after nap time, I get to watch one or two shows, etc. Predictability is going to help with any kind of behavioral issues, because if your child already knows and can predict what's coming next they can begin to transition themselves. Giving your child cues as to what's coming next is also really helpful. If you tell them, we have five more minutes to play and then we're going upstairs, this is going to go a long way from preventing any kind of behavioral issues with transitions. Children like to have lots of time and preparation knowing what's coming next. They don't like things sprung on them. And so if you can prepare your child, number one, by giving them some predictability in their days, and number two, by giving them those verbal cues of transitioning, it's probably going to help avoid lots of tantrums. A big one here is extra affection. Your child might be extra cuddly. They might be extra clingy. And this is completely normal in times of uncertainty. The number one thing they're going to try to do is to seek out attention and affection from you their number one source of safety and love. You might want to schedule in an extra 10 minutes for cuddles at bedtime. You also might want to think about if your child is having difficulty falling asleep or keeps coming out of their room, supporting your child to sleep, which is something that I do with most of the families that come to me for sleep help. I have them stay in the room with the child until they fall asleep. And then you gradually move away from your child eventually. But during a time like this, if your child is really having difficulty sleeping and it seems to be due to just the stress and anxiety of the times we're in, there is nothing wrong with staying with your child until they fall asleep. I always recommend if you can possibly do it, staying in your child's room and not bringing them into your room. And this is a personal preference for every family. The only reason I say that is because creating the pattern of letting your child come into your bed in your room is a lot harder to break that habit after you decide okay we're not going to do this anymore i want my child to sleep in their room then if you were already in your child's room with your child just think about it as about 10 extra steps you need to do to then move your child back to their bedroom and then move yourself out of their room so it's just adding extra steps now if this is something that's comforting to you or comforting to your child and you don't care about correcting it then go ahead and bring your child into your bed. It's not going to harm anything. It's just going to take some time to correct once you decide you want to go back to the way things were with your child sleeping in their own bed. So just something to keep in mind. I just like to give you guys all the facts and the information and let you make your own best decisions for your family. Definitely a big part of all of these issues with sleep can be connection. Your child needs more connection, time, and you might even be spending more time with them than you ever have, but because of your own job, because of stress, whatever it is, you might be more distracted than ever right now. So be sure to get one-on-one time with your child or children every single day. And during this one-on-one time, you can set a timer if, if, you're, if you need to, to limit the time. You want to have no electronics, So you don't have your phone with you whatsoever. Leave the phone in another room so that you're not tempted to check it because our children know when we're checking the phone that we're not paying attention to them. And even if they don't express it, they know that the phone is more important. So put the phone away, set your timer for 15, 20, 30 minutes, whatever you can give, but be consistent so your child has something to look forward to. And then... You can either have a planned activity that you're going to do together, but I really recommend letting your child choose what you're going to do during this time. Your child knows what they need from you, and they may not be able to express it verbally, but when you give them the power to choose the activity with you, this is showing you that they need this kind of attention. Let's say they want to play tag. Well, that means that they need lots of physical exertion, that their bodies need to move. If they want to color with you, then they need quiet attention from you. Maybe this is a good time to have a little discussion with them about something. If they're having nighttime fears, coloring, quiet times of connection are great times to have very simple, basic conversations with your child. When you're both looking at something else and working on something else, your child doesn't have to sit there and look you in the eye and feel like they're under pressure to give you answers. If you need to talk about difficult things with your child, Sometimes children do best when they don't have to make eye contact with grownups. And then I also talked a little bit about um, moving their bodies before bed. So about an hour before bed, at least, I would distance this at least an hour before bed. Do something that moves your family's body all together. So tag, hide and seek, put on three songs. Everybody picks a song and you have a dance party Again, this is going to help get out any last bursts of energy your child has. It's a great way of bonding and connection. And it's also getting those extra stress hormones out of your child's body so that they're able to wind down better for sleep. You may also notice your child having some behavioral issues. Your child may be acting out a lot more. Some of the reasons are boredom, frustration, anxiety, confusion about what's going on. Feeling out of control is a big one and I'm going to give you some tips on how to give your child some control back. Internalizing your stress and anxiety and then off schedule and routine because they don't know what the cues are, they don't know what the rules are and they don't know what to expect. And so that can distress children quite a bit. So solutions to this. It really helps if you are in a place where you're feeling stressed frustrated, anxious, if you have had an angry interaction with your children, go to them afterwards and it's important to repair. It's okay to show that you're human in front of your child as long as you go to them afterwards and repair. So what this would look like is explaining what happened, explaining why it happened, and then focusing on moving forward. So for example, I'm so sorry that I yelled at you earlier. I was just feeling really frustrated because you wouldn't help me pick up your toys. And it was a big mess in here. I know I could have done better. Why don't we put on your favorite song and let's clean up together. Something like that. Focusing on moving forward. Making it fun. You know, putting music on is always a great way to change the mood. Giving your child choices throughout the day to help them feel like they have some control back. So, do you want the blue plate or the red plate for lunch? Do you want soup or a sandwich for lunch? Do you want to wear the green shirt or the polka dot shirt? Any choice that you can possibly give your child and you just want to give them one or two choices. You don't want to give them pick out your shirt from the drawer, especially if it's a little child. It's easier to just give them one or two choices and let them pick. So sprinkle this throughout the day and you'll see your child feels like much more of a participant and not like they're being directed all day long. Giving your child little jobs or chores to do around the house gives them a sense of purpose. So for little kids, you can give them a bin of toys and have them sort them by color or sort them by their toys and their brother's toys. Give them a pile of papers that you don't need and let them tear them up. Give them just a a lightly dampened cloth or sponge and let them wipe things down in the house. For younger kids, those are all things that will keep them busy for quite a while. For older kids, you can give them some chores around the house. Our kids do help with dishes. They vacuum. They fold towels. They wipe down um, handles and doorknobs with um, bleach wipes. So those are all things that older kids can do. Take time to be silly each day. I talk about this a lot in my Power of Play episode. Laughter is the gateway to releasing emotions in children. So if you can get your kids laughing really hard, those belly laughs... A lot of times it will help them with releasing other emotions that are in, pent up and uh, would otherwise come out you know, at bedtime or during the night. Try to discover what's under your child's emotions. So if they're angry or if they're sad, if they're fighting with their sibling, talk to them, pull them aside, listen to them, ha- ask them why they're feeling so mad, ask them why they're pushing their brother or sister and just give them some time, listen to what they're saying. Validate how they're feeling. And give them a tool to cope. So we don't just want to listen to our children's emotions. We want to try to use this as a learning experience to help them cope with emotions. But also just giving their emotions names is helpful to them. So for example, I understand you miss your friends at school. Mommy misses her friends too. Why don't we draw a picture of your friends and hang it up? Or I understand you're angry right now because I have to work and can't play with you. How about you sit next to me and color or play with Play-Doh? See? So I'm validating, I'm giving a name to the feelings, and then I'm giving them a way to cope with the feelings. Making a daily routine chart so your kids know what to expect. And this is something maybe fun that you can do together. You can um, have them draw little pictures of it, or you can all sit down at the computer and make it together with some clip art that... App Canva, C-A-N-V-A, is one that I use a lot. And you can make, they actually have pre-made charts on there, but you can also create your own charts. So that's a really good resource to make a really um, nice looking charts and printouts and all kinds of resources on there for your kids. A lot of kids do really well with charts because they like to, even if it's just a check mark or a sticker, they just like to get that validation that they're doing the right thing. This is one that I came up with on my own. showing your child how to scream into a pillow. If they're feeling angry and frustrated, show them how to scream into a pillow. And this might turn into a funny activity. That was what made me think of it. I was thinking, what's like a silly way that I can show my kids to express their emotions? If you both scream into a pillow simultaneously, I mean, to me, that's, it's good because it's getting the emotion out, but it's also kind of funny. And it might turn into just something where you guys can laugh about it together. But You're really teaching your child how to cope with very strong emotions. And then finally, um, an idea I had was just if your child needs some time with you, but you don't have very much to give, like a lot of us don't have right now, just watch a movie together. Tell them, okay, let's pick a movie and watch it together and just snuggle up and you can do some popcorn or something to make it special. You're spending time with them, but you don't have to give them a whole ton of attention and interaction. You're really just being present for them, spending time with them. And that's, at the very basic level, that's what kids need. I want to touch on um, something that will really help us through this process as parents, and that is expectations of yourself and your child. You know, just in everyday normal life, even pre-quarantine, our perfectionism can lead us to frustration with ourselves and with our children And it can lead us to very high, unrealistic expectations of the people around us. And I know that this is something that I struggle with quite a bit, expecting children to act like little adults when they're really just children. And especially during this time when everyone's anxiety and stress levels are at a high, we can't expect much of ourselves and we definitely can't expect much of our children. So just being prepared for difficult behavior to pop up a lot more regularly, even if your child was very well behaved or very calmly temperamented before this, you might see a different side of your child and that's completely normal. It's better for them to get the emotions out and express them and give them a name than to hold them in because holding them in turns into sleep challenges, turns into night wakings, it turns into bedtime difficulties, nightmares, nighttime anxiety. So you want your kids to get those out during the day as uncomfortable as it is for kids to have tantrums and outbursts It's much better than to start to uh, create sleep problems by stifling their emotions. Our kids have lost most of the fun and activities which encourage them to just be kids. School, after school activities, time with friends, where they can just be kids. We've also lost our socialization as parents and our support system for a lot of us which helps us feel understood and not alone. You know, even families who have lost a nanny or babysitter temporarily might be feeling really lost because that's like a member of their family. That's a part of the support system that's gone. We're all in grief for something right now, whether it's people, whether it's old way of living. And so just really being gentle with yourself will be the place to start because the more gentle you can be with yourself and the, the more you can lower your expectations of yourself, The more that you're then able to extend that outward towards others. My connection of the week is something that I've actually talked about before, but I couldn't think of a better resource for teaching kids how to calm themselves. And this also teaches us how to calm ourselves because we're doing it with our kids. And as I've shared in a couple of episodes, learning how to do deep breathing and controlled breathing is one of my secrets to being able to solve my own insomnia issues and to be a calmer parent overall. So my favorite calming activity for kids is belly breathing. It teaches them presence and mindfulness. So you can do it one of two ways, and there's many ways to do this, but these are my favorite two ways for kids because it gives them something that they can actually tangibly see. Lay down on your back with your child, put a stuffed animal or toy on your belly, and then let them pick one out for you, and show them how to make deep breaths and make the animal or toy rise and fall on their bellies. This teaches your child how to take deep breaths and how to calm themselves. And this is great to do anytime, but doing it before bed will be a great tool to help your child relax for bed. Another thing that you can do that I've actually been doing is doing um, cat-cow pose in yoga. And if you're not familiar with it, you can very easily um, look on YouTube and find... I googled it this morning just to see and there was thousands of videos demonstrating cat-cow. And it's a really simple pose. You just get down on hands and knees and use your breath to do a cow and then a cat pose, and it's a really cool flowing pose. It feels really good. It's a good way to stretch your body, but it's also kind of a fun way for kids to connect their breathing to being different animals. Breathing is the best way to calm down when you're anxious or upset. Deep breathing activates the parasympathetic nervous system, which is what puts the brakes on the stress response in your body. So that's why people will say, take a deep breath when you're stressed, or why you start hyperventilating when you're very stressed or anxious. If you start deep breathing and breathe out, the actually the out breath is what's activating the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's a very powerful way of relaxing your body. And this is something, again, your child can use and you can use and begin to learn how to have some power over that anxiety in your body and how to cope with it. All right, that is my show for this week. Those are my very best suggestions and resources for parenting during such a stressful time. I hope that you found something in here that's useful to you. And I want to ask you, if you are enjoying The Little Sleep Show, please, please take a minute to go on iTunes and rate and review my show. It helps so much to get the word out there. The more ratings and reviews I have, the higher up it'll go. On the charts. And also, please share this with your friends. Even if you don't resonate with every episode, maybe someone else will. So please share on social media. I just really did this show so that I could um, have a free, easy way of getting these messages out to as many people as possible of really how to just accept that doing our best is good enough as a parent. And that's really what my overall message is. So if that resonates with you, please rate and review, please share. And if you want more information, you can check out my website at nestfamiliesleep.com, or follow me on Instagram and Facebook at nestfamiliesleep. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back next week with another all new episode. In the meantime, take care and be kind to yourself and each other. next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Until then, follow us on Instagram and Facebook for tips on sleep and a whole lot more. See you next week.